something. So this morning, I have a message that I want to share, and I'm going to call it the time of testing. The time of testing. Okay. So, um, a time of testing. So, our key verse this morning for those who are taking uh, notes, our key verse is going to be out of Job 23, and it's going to be out of 8. Uh, 8 through 10, but it's, uh, it says, I'm going to start with verse 8, and it says, if I go east, he is not there, and if I go west, I cannot perceive him. 9, when he is at work to the north, I cannot see him. When he turns south, I cannot find him. Yet, he knows the way that I have taken. He has tested me, and then it says this, and I will emerge Pure as gold. That's a good word. It's a good word. So I'm going to ask you guys a question this morning. Um, and it is this. And, of course, you don't have to answer out loud. I know we like to get interactive. I love the interaction. But don't got to answer me every time I say a question. See, this is the way the Lord speaks to me. He asks me a question. And it, it gives me like, okay, I'm going to ponder that thought, you know. So the question I'm going to ask you this morning is this. How many of you guys have felt, have been feeling like you've been in a season of being tested? Like you've been in a testing season. So what I want to do, um, we're going we're gonna to turn to some scripture. But maybe you felt like, like you're, you've been tested in your belief. Maybe you've been tested in your finances. Come on, that's a big one, right, for some of us. Some of us have a problem with our finances. Maybe you've been tested in your marriage. Right? We like, we, man, I used to love her, but man, I can't stand her. Or him, or vice versa. Right? Maybe, maybe it's in our identity. Like, who am I, God? If, you, if I'm a son or a daughter, why do I keep struggling in this area of my life? Am I, re- am I really saved? <laughs> Questions. You see, these are tests that the enemy will bring. So what I want us to do is we're going to turn to, uh, we're going to turn to Job. Let's go turn to Job. We're going to go to Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1. How many of you guys got your Bible with y'all? Show me show your hands. Who, who has your Bible? Come Oh, man, I'm so proud of y'all. All right, that's so good. So good. You know, when the winds begin to blow, that's when we begin to see a shift, even in the natural. Have you ever been outside on a hot day? And then, that, listen, I remember when I used to play football, we'd be on the field, and it could be 107, 110 degrees in Texas heat. And there would be that one cloud that would come when you're on the practice field. And then there was a wind that came, and you just prayed to God and thanked him for that one cloud. But when the cloud and the, the, the wind would come, it brings a coolness, and it brings a refreshing. So in the spirit, there's a coolness that comes, and there's a refreshing when the breath of God is beginning to blow. Now, we think about testing. 
And we say, <laughs> I say, I, I say, really, God? <laughs> Another test? Have I not been tested enough, Jesus? I'm just being honest. Come on, I mean, it, because that's how we feel sometimes. Like, man, I just got over this test. You know, when you're in school, the, the teacher would come, you'd come in the class, she's like, pop quiz. Like, oh! The Lord does pop quizzes on us. It's those suddenlies, amen? So let's turn to Job chapter 1 this morning. And I'm going to start on verse 6. And I love the title. I'm going to read out of the the NLT on this reading. And it's titled on this one, Job's First Test. And it says, on the day the members of the heavenly court came to present themselves before the Lord, and the accuser Satan came with them. Mm -hmm. Where have you come from? The Lord asked Satan. And Satan answered the Lord, I have been patrolling the earth, watching everything that is going on. Then the Lord asked Satan, have you noticed my servant Job? He is the finest man in all the earth. He is blameless, a man of complete integrity, and he fears God and stays away from evil. Verse 9, Satan replied to the Lord, yes, but Job has a good reason to fear God. You have always put him on a wall of protection around him and his home and his property. You have made him prosper in everything that he does. Look how rich he is. But Oh, verse 11. But reach out and take away everything that he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. Verse 12. All right, you may test him, the Lord said to Satan. Do whatever you want with everything that he possesses, but don't harm him physically. So Satan left the Lord's presence. 13. One day when Job's sons and daughters were feasting in the older brother's house, a messenger arrived at Job's home with the news. Your oxen were plowing with the donkeys feeding beside them when the the Sabines raided us. They stole all the animals and killed all the farmland. And I am the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, Another messenger arrived with this news. The fire of God has fallen from heaven and burned up all your sheep and all the shepherds. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, a third messenger arrived with this news. Three bands of Chardin raiders have stolen your camels and killed your servants. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. Let's just pause right there. (laughs) A lot just happened all while they were speaking. You want to see, listen, you want to talk about a testing, and this is a test that Job didn't ask for. He didn't ask to be tested. He was just being faithful in his walk with the Lord, and he was tested. Verse 18, while he was speaking, another messenger arrived with the news. Your sons and daughters 
were feasting in their older brother's home, and suddenly a powerful wind swept in from the wilderness and hit the house where they all on the hit the houses all on the sides. The house collapsed, and all your children are dead. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. Job stood up and tore his robe in grief and shaved his head and fell to the ground and worshiped. And he said, I came naked from my mother's womb, and I will be naked when I leave. The Lord gave me what I had, and the Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. Woo. My God. 22, and all of this, Job did not sin by blaming God. And then chapter 2, the title of this is Job's Second Test. Oh, that was just one test. <laughs> that was just one test. So chapter 2, verse 1 says this. Uh, wait a minute, hold on, go backwards. One day the members of the heavenly, uh, well, I'm sorry, hold on, guys. My notes are going crazy here. Holy Ghost. Yeah, we go. One day the members of the heavenly court came again to present themselves before the Lord, and the accusers, came, Satan, came with them. Did I just read that? Yeah, I did. No, I didn't. Where have you come from? The Lord asked Satan. Satan answered the Lord, I have been patrolling the earth. I read that. I'm sorry. It's same one. Why is it repeating? Oh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Lord. Okay, guys, I'm sorry. I apologize. I thought I just double noted myself. Okay, praise God. Okay, so see, where I've been patrolling the earth, watching everything that is going on. Then the Lord asked Satan, have you noticed my servant Job, the finest man? On the earth, he is blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from evil. He's maintained his integrity even though you urge me to harm him without cause. Satan replied to the Lord, skin for skin, a man will give up everything that he has to save his life. But reach out and take away his health, and he will surely curse you to your face. All right, do with him as you please. The Lord said to Satan, but spare his life. So Satan left the Lord's presence and he struck Job with a terrible boils from head to foot. Job scraped his skin on a piece of broken pottery as he sat among the ashes. His wife said to him, Are you still trying to maintain your integrity? Curse God and die. But Job replied, you talk like a foolish woman. Should we accept only the good things from the hand of God and never the bad? So in all this, Job said nothing wrong. Come on. Revelation 20, verse 1 says this. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven with a key to the bottomless pit and a heavy chain in his hand. He sees the dragon, that old serpent who was the devil, and Satan and bound him and chained for a thousand years. Listen, we need to understand that the devil has no authority 
over you except the authority that we allow by giving him agreement. Every attack that we endure, every test we endure, it doesn't mean it's because the devil's doing it to us. Some of us are being tested in our walk because God's going to get the glory. You see, we, we have sometimes at times a, a, a demon behind every bush mentality where everything is a devil. And it's always, see, that what, what, what the Lord is trying to teach us, he's trying to teach us how do we respond in the timing and the season of our testing. So why, did, why does God allow us to be attacked while we're being tested? Why, if Job was going through a, a timing of attack, a, a, a season of attack why, during his testing, why was he being attacked? In other words, if, if, if he's trying to teach Job something, why would he allow the attacks to come? We see in Job 1, Job did not see why God allowed attacks on him, but yet God was going to use a situation that was going to bring him glory. God would have the glory. We see that even Jesus was tempted, and he was in his testing season. He was tempted. Matthew 4, verses 1 through 10 says, Jesus, unlike Adam, passed the test, and he said no to sin. See, the enemy took him to the mountain and said, listen, if you just bow before me, I'll give you the kingdoms of this world. Right? And Jesus responded, it is written. So how he responded was the breakthrough, but he could only respond like that because he knew who he was. He knew his identity. Another reason God might allow Satan's attacks is to build our maturity. See, we ask that question, why God? <laughs> we can get really religious in it too. Like, I give my tithes. I go to church. I pray for people at Walmart. Why am I being tested and attacked? Maybe because the Lord wants to, he wants to produce some spiritual maturity in us. He wants to take us to a place where we have eyes to see and hear like the Father does. Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 18, but I'm going to just say, it speaks of putting on the armor of God to stand against Satan that requires dependence on God through prayer and the use of the word. We got to be grounded in the word. In the presence. When the presence, listen, and I know, I know the, there's a balance here, guys, and I want you to hear what I'm, in about, what I'm about to say. The, I've met people that it's word, 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 word. Oh, and they got the word down. And listen, I, I've been in, I've been in uh, uh, meetings where I've had people approach me and they'll say, well, I know the word. <laughs> I've read the Bible so many times front to back, and they, they're full of knowledge. But when the present, we're in this meeting and the presence of the Lord showed up, so tangible, 
that same person that was filled with the word had to jump up and run out of the building because those demons began to manifest out of him. You could be full of the word and not be full of the presence of God. The devil knows the word. He can quote it back and forth to you, right? So we have to be grounded through our intercession, through our prayers. In our time of testing, what is our response? This is key, and we see this all the time. How are we responding to the testing in that season? I mean, are we getting offended? Right? Our response. God is always trying to teach us how to respond according to his nature and his character. Our trust and dependence depends solely on God through the prayer and the intercession. In the intercession, listen, I, I remember a time in our life when we we went we went full blown ministry, and I, some of y'all have heard me say this before, but we were doing really well financially. Our business was booming, and we're making a lot of money. We had multi level offices and complexes and marketing development teams. We had receptionists. We had you name it. We had marketing development teams. And we're doing amazing. And the Lord says, I want you to leave everything behind. I want you to go and follow me. And then we, <laughs> that was a test. I said, God, you want me to go from this to that? And I have nothing. Like, literally, I wouldn't. How am I going to live? You, you know, listen, because the truth is when you, when you live a certain lifestyle, you get accustomed to a certain lifestyle. And when that lifestyle is not available to you no more, then, then we feel the stretching and the growing. But the Lord wanted to teach us something. So we went from, from doing well financially, and I was serving the Lord. I wasn't Mr. Holy Roller, but I was, I was serving God. You know, and we went to uh, uh, become in full-time ministry. And don't hear what I'm not saying, but when I say this, that when I went through this season, it was one of the hardest seasons of our lives. I mean, we, we hit a level of poverty that I had never experienced except growing up as a young child. I mean, and humility had to come. I'm, I'm just being honest. I mean, I mean, there was people that would show up with bags and clothes. They were being as clothes because I, I was wearing this, you know, the same shorts and T-shirts for, because it was that bad. And they felt sorry for me, like I was some kind of bum off the street. And here I am, a servant in a church. And they would drop off bags. And I would say, no, 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 please, no. No, thank you. Uh, God, God bless you. Thank you. No, no, no. And the Lord was like, no, listen, this is part of my provision. This is how I want to bless you. This is how, this is me being the father. So I had to be able to walk in humility. That's part of the testing. It's the testing. We gave up everything to follow. Listen, we didn't have a vehicle. And then we had to take our kids to school. We, you know, listen, I, I don't know. And then we, not knowing, being a father, being a mother, not being able to know how you're going to provide for your kids, you, you begin to ask questions. Like, am I doing the right thing, God? Like, you say you're a God of prosperity, and I'm about to be blessed, but God, I have nothing in my pockets but lint. <laughs> like, what kind of God is this? 
What was my response? And I failed a lot of times. I did. Maybe outwardly, let me just be transparent. Outwardly, I was like, well, I'm in a testing, brother, but God is faithful. Praise God. Oh, yeah, God is good. But as soon as I was behind the doors, me and my wife, like, man, you want, what do you want to do? You want to leave? Let's go. We both had those conversations because of testing. But the Lord was trying to produce a fruit that will sustain to learn how to trust in him, to trust the Lord and his goodness in all things, in provision, in our marriage, in our children, all areas. Because listen, when hmm, you take money out of a marriage, you take finances out, things change. The husbands and wives, they may not get along as much. We need, a, we need a roll of toilet paper. And I got no money. What do you mean you got no money for toilet paper? Come on, let's just be real, right? Am I speaking? Come on. I think I'm speaking good. <laughs> but it's truth. It's a time of testing. But it was a difficult season in our life. But I praise God now, I praise God now that I'm not in that season because I believe there was, a, there was something that was, that was caught, and I get it. And in that season, I had to watch the Lord bless with the cars. They weren't new cars. They were old cars. Old cars, just like that movie, The Jesus Revolution. We were laying hands on our car every morning. That's when we saw, like, oh, Jesus, come on. True story. This is funny, though. Not about this message, but. So when I went and I took Alice on one of our first dates, we're young, teenagers. I had a 1978 Dodge Colt. Standard. Time, yeah. And I've always been a kind of a big guy. So there's a joke, you know, my steering wheel's right here. And I got to turn on my blinker, you know. My radio. <laughs> but I, I remember we, we <laughs> she might be watching. She's like, oh, no, you're not. Yes, I am. <laughs> All the ghosts. But we were, <laughs> I took her out on a date. And, you know, San Antonio traffic is horrible. And it's a standard shift, uh, stick shift. And uh, we get to a, a, a red light. And then all of a sudden, ah. And I go to Oh no. And I look at I look at Alice. You know how to drive stick? She says, No, I don't even know how to drive. So I said, okay, look, this is what you need to do. This is one of our first dates, right? I said, get in the car. I said, and just just steer the wheel. And when I tell you to pop the clutch, you're gonna pop the clutch. You know, so she, she had no idea what she was doing. Grace and humility, right? Come on. So I get out in the middle of traffic, and I'm standing behind the car, and I'm pushing, oh, 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 and I'm running with the car, like, and I'm like, pop the clutch. And she's like, and then she pulls into the thing, and I'm running in the middle of traffic. That was our first date. 
I tell you what, my engine, I mean, my engine was trash, but boy, did I have some rims on that car. <laughs> and my, my, I had rims and I had a stereo system that went boom, boom, boom. When the car would start, I was styling, right? But come on, G, it was a hoopty, that's right. Hoopty. Oh, Lord Jesus. Okay. But we go through we go through our seasons of testing and because the Lord is wanting to he wants to bring a spiritual maturity to who we are because when we begin to see how he sees our response will be different. We will respond it is written. So I ask a question again. Why does God allow attacks on us while we're being tested? Other times, the Lord will allow testing so we can be, bring comfort to others. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 5 says this. Blessed be God of all comfort who comforts us in our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in other afflictions. With the comfort with which our, we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. We go through testing so we can be a blessing to those around us. Like why, 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 why does God do? I don't, I don't know. I can't, I can't figure these things out. But have you ever been through something in your life? Why is it that people that have dealt with addiction and they come out of addictions, they want to help and mentor others that have been in addictions? Because they have a grace and anointing because they overcame an area in their life. And there's a grace and anointing to release, to bring comfort to those who need to be comforted. But you went through a season of testing. Everybody has a different test. Some it's drugs and addiction. Some of it's, 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 I mean, it could be anger and rage. Right? Can, I mean, I'm just, I, man, listen, I had a demon of rage in my life. Anger and rage. And then the Lord flipped this thing all around, and now I just want to love everybody. People want to give me their hands sing. They're like, here, let me, hey, brother, no, give me a hug. I'm a hugger. And I had to be like, I had to fight offense sometimes. Like, what? You want to hug me? Why not? But because, but the Lord put that in me because you didn't know me before. You you got to know where I came from to understand that hug is. Oh gosh, <laughs> you don't know my story. Some of y'all might. Even when we have no clear answers to explain why God allows Satan to attack, we still have the promise of Romans 8.28. For we know that those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. You are called according to the purpose of God. There is a destiny that you carry inside of you as a son and daughter. Hey! That's what I'm saying. Jesus. Ah, Holy Ghost. 
Sorry, baby. <laughs> Holy Ghost. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with your temptation, he will also provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. 1 Corinthians, 4, uh, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. Make sure you guys are writing these scriptures because these are, these are great nuggets for you. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. The NLT reads it like this. The temptation in your life are no different from, the, from what others experience. And God is faithful. And he will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so you can endure it. That's why we are so uh, adamant on talking about our four pillars here. The pillars of truth. And I want to continue to embed this inside of you because we must, the first pillar is this, we must know who God is. When we know who God is, the nature, and we say that we do. But I'm not talking like, yeah, God Almighty, he's the Alpha, he's the Omega, he's, he's the beginning and the end. He's all those things. But the nature and the character of who God is, is his love, his judgment, his, 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 his rebuke. All of those correction all comes from love. Have you ever been upset with your child and you, you bring correction? Son, daughter, you know better. What are you doing? Stop doing what you're doing. It doesn't mean you don't love them. If you don't correct them, that shows you don't love them. We have to know who God is. Because knowing who God is will filter the way we speak, the way we think, the way we prophesy, the way we pray, the way we talk to people, the way we love people. It all comes from knowing who God is. God is love. Amen. I wrote something on my wall the other day, and normally we'll get a lot of reactions about it, but, but I used a word in there that probably a lot of people didn't like. I use the word law. But did you know that the law and grace, they walk together. Jesus came to fulfill the law, but not to do away with it. There's a principle of the law. But we can use that word law, and we're like, man, oh, you're being religious. I, I get that, because we can. We can at times. But grace comes in. But grace comes in. Psalms 139.17 says this. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God, that they cannot be numbered. You know that not knowing who God is, it will bring you to a place of dismay and hopelessness. Because when you don't know who God is, what happens is you allow a false identity to, step to, to sit upon you. A false identity will come and it'll try to rest upon you, and you begin to believe and agree with things that are not of God because it's not God inside you that's bringing life, but it's a false identity, a false perspective because we don't have the lenses of the kingdom. So we got to recognize who is God. God's intention is always for our good. At times, He will allow the attacks to come against us, 
And maybe it's because he wants to bring strength to our faith to test us and to prepare us for others in their time of need. That was the comfort they were talking about. But regardless of the season, we can stand firm in God's promise, including the promise of John, 1 John 4, 4. He who is greater in you than he is in this world. We are never abandoned. When Satan attacks come, God will always help us. And he's always near. James 4, 7 says this. Submit yourselves therefore to God and resist the devil and he will flee from you. This is, this is key, guys. My God. Look, look. I'm going to read this again. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. That means give it to God. Lay it all down. Whatever it is. I don't care if, it, it's, if it's addictions, strongholds, pornography, lust. What, whatever it is, lay it down. Submit to the Lord and say, God, I give you my all. Right? And then he says, now resist the devil. That means you've given it to God. Here's my problem, God. Next step. The devil comes with that problem again. Resist. That's what it says. Resist. And I love the way the King James says this. And he must flee. That means there is no option. That word must means... Devil, you don't have a choice. Do you hear that? You don't have a choice. Devil, so somebody's wearing the shirt today. Not today, devil. Come on, do we know what that even means? Resist. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean resist the devil and, and he'll think about leaving. Well, pastor, you don't understand what I go through. I, I get it. It's hard. You're in a season of testing. Are you resisting? Well, sometimes. Well, why not all the times? Well, I keep giving in to this. No, you're not resisting. Are you doing everything in your power to resist? And God will meet you right there in that place. Resist the devil. And he must flee. Come on, Jesus. You see, the Lord is always consistently testing people's character. He's testing our faith. He's testing our obedience, our love, our integrity, and our loyalty. Come on, listen. I just want you to think about this for a second. Think about a situation that you feel that you've been tested in. Just in your mind, you just think about that right now. How's your character in that testing? How are you acting about that? How, how are you responding in that test? Where's your faith at in your test? Do I have enough faith that I can overcome this test right now? Am I being obedient in the test? Right? Obedience. 
What does that mean? Well, instead of doing this, maybe you set yourself aside and you get in the word. Or you get in a place of the secret place. Okay, instead of doing that, I'm going to do this. Why? That's obedience. Are you doing it? What about love? Are you walking in love in that test? Are you showing integrity? When people see you in that test, do they see Jesus in you? Or do they see the testing coming out of you? Right? Man, listen, I, I, I've been, I get tested a lot. Ooh, Jesus. My Lord. I want to tell you about a test I had. Where was it at? I better not tell you that. Holy Spirit, shake. I'm asking, Lord, give me the cloud, Lord, but not that cloud, G. No, give me the other cloud, Lord, Holy Ghost. Long story short, I had a guy come up, and he wanted to fight recently. Oh, my God. And I'm not going to lie to you. As soon as it happened, the enemy tried to breathe upon it because my response was like, Oh, you just did not do that. And I felt that thing want to rise up. I'm, listen, I'm not, I'm not even joking, guys. I, my flesh tried to come up. And my wife, I, she's like, mm. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I said, oh, I can destroy this person. In my mind, that was a test. And then I had to come back, come to Jesus, right? <laughs> come to Jesus. <laughs> and I came back, and I said, oh, he's cute, <laughs> right? I had that kind of a moment. And then I, afterwards, I had a conversation, and I said, babe, I passed the test. Kind of. <laughs> I got a 50 maybe, right? <laughs> My response immediately was wrong. So there's areas in my life that I need to work on. We're growing. There's a process. What is coming out of us in our time of testing? So, so the Lord's going to test you where there's some things that need to be... <laughs> Whether it's our faith and our obedience and our, if it's anger, if it's rage, if it's addictions, whatever it is, whatever it is. So, <laughs> Holy Spirit. We're always being tested. God is constantly watching how we respond to people, to problems, success, conflict, illnesses, and disappointments. Yeah, that's a big one. Why am I always sick? Why do I feel so sick? Maybe it's a test from God. Why do I feel like I'm just, I'm not, I'm barely making it, God. Disappointment after disappointment. I've heard people say this sometimes, whether it's maybe even when they're looking for, for, for a, a wife. 
Well, maybe I'm just meant to be single. Maybe that's a disappointment. It's a test. How do you respond? Count it all joy. Oh, Lord, I thank you for my wife that's on her way. Right? It's a different response. So number one, we're going to look at a couple uh, different ways that, that, that God tests his people. This is a nugget. So number one would be it's a test of patience. Oh, patience. Oh, Jesus. Trials and tribulations can be a test of patience. If you're going through situations in your life, maybe the Lord is trying to test you in the area of patience. Man, I'm not saying the Lord... That was a season that we were in, but five years, God, for a house? Lord, are we done with that test? Right? He's all, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> but it's a test of trials and tribulations. You, the, the Lord has a timing for fulfilling his plans and his purpose. Often his plans take much longer than we expect. We think we're ready, right? It's like the like your child, they want to go beyond the little line in the swimming pool. Like, no, stay right here, honey. No, mom, I can go. I can swim. And then they go on. Look. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer for us to get where we need to be. But in the meantime, we go through Severe trials and tribulations, and they seem like they last forever. They do. Listen, a one week of testing and tribulation can feel like an eternity. Uh, are we willing to wait for God's timing? James chapter 1 says, My brethren... Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let the patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. That's the result of a test. Man, listen, perfect and complete, lacking nothing. That's the sticker from the teacher right there. Come on. Job's life was a test of patience. In fact, the Bible says, if you look at James, remember the patience of Job. So number two is a test of faith. Trials can be a test of our faith. Do we believe in God even in the midst of our pain and suffering? You know, sometimes people that, that don't have an intimate relationship with the father, when they lose a spouse or a child or a loved one, the first thing that happens is the enemy will come and bring a spirit of unbelief because there's such a hurt and a wound and they're suffering that they pull away from God because the enemy attacks their faith. So trials and tribulations are a test of faith. Do we believe in the promise of God? even when everything looks impossible? Do we trust in God, 
even when he does not deliver us? Do we trust God even when we don't understand his ways and working in our lives? Come on, Jesus. That's a good one. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were tested and they showed their faith. You know, turn to Daniel 3, 16 through 18, and it says, verse 16 says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to give you an answer to this question. If God we serve exists, that he can rescue us from the furnace of blazing fire, and he can rescue us from the power of you, the king. But even if he does not rescue us, we want you as king to know that we will not serve your gods or worship the gold statue you set up. Hey, come on. See, it's not, it's not that we can't do it. It's that we won't do it. So here's a thought. How do you know if you are faithful unless you have been tempted with your faith? We, we don't know if we're faithful until we're tested. God wants to test us in those areas. Number three, it's a test of love. Trials can test our love. They can reveal whom or what we love most in our lives. They reveal priorities and desires. The Lord wants us to love him more than anything or anybody else. Come on, when you begin to put a spouse before the Lord, that's why I, I love that part of the movie, Jesus Revolution, when he says, listen, let's get one thing straight. Right? And I, I'm paraphrasing because I don't know exactly what he said, but it was along the lines like, God comes first. As long as you don't get it between me and the Lord, we're going to be great. <laughs> you know? God has to be the focus. So it's a test of love. The depth of our love to God is revealed during the season of trial. Peter is an example of this test. Let's, uh, let's turn to John 21. I'm almost done, guys. We're going to John 21, and we're going to start at verse 15. And it says, when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, he says to him. You know that I love you. Feed my lambs, he told him. Verse 16. A second time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, he asked, he said to him, you know that I love you. She, uh, he said, shepherd my sheep, he told him. Verse 17, he asked him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was so grieved that he asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Feed my sheep, Jesus said. So the thing about love is pretty serious. So we'll be tested in our love. How do we love people around us? The people on the streets. That's why I'm so blessed that they're in Pioneer right now. I mean, 
A normal pastor would be like, no, no, what are you doing? You're going to be at church. It's Sunday morning. Oh, no, you do that after church. But we're like, wait a minute. That means if they're at the fair, that means they're not in church. So let's go get them when they're not where they're at. That's the love that we, we have to have love and compassion for the, for the lost because there's a dying generation right now. So number four, it's a test of endurance. Trials can be a test of our endurance. How much are we willing to endure for the Lord? Oh, this is big, guys. How much are we willing to endure? Will we give up easily from following the Lord? Will we endure to the end? The life of Paul is a perfect example, and I want to read this. Uh, I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation. And I'm going to be in 2 Corinthians 11. And I'm going to read from 24 to 27, I believe. And this is uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul, and he says this. Five times I received 39 lashes from the Jewish leaders. Three times I experienced being beaten with rods. Once they stoned me. Three times I had been shipwrecked for an entire night and day. I was adrift in the open sea. In my difficult travels, I faced many dangerous situations, perilous rivers, robbers, foreigners, and even my own people. I survived deadly peril in the city, in the wilderness, with storms at sea, with the spies posing as believers. I've toiled to the point of exhaustion and gone through many sleepless nights. I frequently been deprived of food and water. I've been left hungry and shivering out in the cold, lacking proper clothing. And besides these painful circumstances, I had the daily pressure of my responsibility for all the churches with a deep concern weighing heavily on my heart for their welfare. It's Apostle Paul. Did y'all catch all that? He endured. Paul was enduring. Paul was, he was tested every possible way. But in the times that we live up right now, <laughs> listen, if the shoe doesn't fit, don't wear it. But I got to just speak truth. In the times we live right now, waking up at 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock to do worship with the Lord, it's too much for us. A midweek gathering, oh, it's out of the question. Come on. Like I said, if it doesn't fit, don't wear it. This is a food for thought. The church across the nation, when I say the church, I'm saying the body, the ecclesia right now is at the lowest in attendance right now that it's ever been. All over the world. But there's a concert down the street, and they're sold out. And here we see Paul, everything in his life he endured, and everything that he went through, his heart was still for the church that was broken. 
We miss our weekly gatherings. And the only time sometimes, hey, we'll come. And and look, I'm speaking to believers right now. I'm I'm speaking to, to the ecclesia, the bride. I'm not talking about unbelievers. But the only time sometimes people want to come to church is when there's free pizza. Can I just be, oh, free pizza. Don't hear what I'm not saying. We're going to give away popcorn. What? Oh, taco night. It's true. We feel that we have to do programs to get people to come in. We have to do, do things for people to come in to draw. And I get it. I understand that. But that is for outreach. You want to reach the lost. Man, let's bless their socks off. We'll give them all the pizza they want. We want to love the people. But I'm talking to the bride right now. You don't show up to a service or show up to church. Listen, if you're watching online all over the world, you're you're not showing up to a service. Let's think about that for a moment. Outreach is different, guys. We may have an argument with your children or our spouses, and it causes depression and hopelessness. Paul was shipwrecked. And it says that he was a, man, that's a fear of mine. Like, I know fear is not of the Lord, but man, put me, I, I watch movies. I see that little boat floating in the ocean, and there ain't no water. I'm like, man, Lord, I'll drink that salt water. No, I won't. Burning sun? Not, I mean, sharks? Yeah, right. I mean, just think about the things that he's talking about here. And we're worried because... Oh, my brother, he didn't talk to me. Oh, brother, so-and-so. Come on, man. Really? And then we say things like this. Oh, brother, sister, I've been so persecuted. What? You're persecuted? (laughs) I'm just saying. A persecuted church, there's a time. Listen, I'm, I'm not the doom and gloom guy. I'm not the doom and gloom guy. I'm a kingdom guy. But the Bible is truth. And it says there's a time that is coming where there will be a persecution that is coming to the church, to the, to the, to the land. And there's a judgment of God that is coming. But it's coming against the unrighteous. We are the righteous heirs of the kingdom of God. You see, there's trials and tribulations that will come. Paul, was, was a, he, was an, he was an apostle for the Lord. But yet he still had to endure the tribulations. All this stuff happened to him. So there might be a time that's going to come where they say you can't have church no more. Because that's what the government's trying to do. They're trying to take Jesus out of everything. And right now we have a privilege. 
We have, we have an opportunity to gather as the ecclesia to pray and intercede for our nation, for our government, for the body, for believers. But we can't even get to the building. We're too busy in our days. Listen, I'm not mad. I'm passionate. Hey. There's, there, there, there's something that we have to recognize. Truth is truth, and God is waking up his bride. He wants us to see how he sees. But you have to recognize that the testing will come. But there's victory and there's breakthrough in the testing. Always. I've given you scripture after scripture. Because, see, the wind is here. The wind of God is here. Peter, come on up, please. Holy Spirit. You see, Paul endured. And we can see the fruit in his life. The things we take for granted... Think about it. The things we take for granted right now, like even our Bible studies. Man, our Bible studies should be packed with people. Our men's studies should be packed. And we'll get four men at a Bible study. Wake up, church! Where's the hunger? We take things for granted for things that other believers in other nations are being murdered for. Listen, I've been in other nations and I've seen it. I've seen where they try to come and they just say, I I just want Jesus. They just want a touch from the Lord. I've seen in, in Pakistan where, where there, there, there are hundreds of people lined up and there's one Bible in the whole room. See, one Bible in the whole room. And, they're, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm releasing the word. And I'm giving the word and I'm giving the scripture. And they read the scripture and then they pass it to the next person. And, they, and, they pass, and that one Bible is being passed Hundreds of, in that front area, that one Bible. And we, we, listen, I'm swallowing this pill for myself. Like, Lord, make us hungry, God. In our time of testing, God, make us hungry for more of you to know the reality of who you are. You're a God of love. I love you, Jesus. The Lord loves us. In, our te- in the testing, in the trials, in the tribulation, it's a test of faith. It's a test of obedience. Church, this isn't a time to sleep. It's a time to shout it out from the rooftops. Awake! Awake! 
ecclesia awake. Let the government of God be established here on earth. There's got to be an awakening that's coming. And in a time of testing, that's a time you resist the devil and you watch him flee. Because you're a son. You're a daughter of the king. So the key verse this morning was Job 23, 8 through 10. And it said, if I go east, he is not there. If I go west, I cannot perceive him. When he is at work to the north, I cannot see him. When he turns south, I cannot find him. Yet, he knows the way I have taken. When he has tested me, I will emerge as pure gold. Because see, your seasons of testing is really God refining you. And just like Job said in verse 10, he has tested me and I will emerge pure as gold. Can I stand, stand up this morning? Jesus, you're so faithful, God. But we thank you, Lord, for our seasons of testing, God. Lord, because you're a faithful God. There's no test or trial that you will give us that, that we cannot endure. Your word says it. Lord, I pray for strength for the body this day, God. I pray for endurance, Lord. That no weapon formed against us would prosper, God. Lord, because you are faithful, God. And you are true, God. And Lord, I say right now in the name of Jesus, we lay it at your feet, God. Every trial, every tribulation, God. Lord, that you would, we would begin to see the victory. Lord, because your wind is here. Oh, the wind. Let your wind begin to blow, God. Oh, just like they said this morning about the rivers, God. Oh, let the rivers begin to get stirred this morning, Jesus, with your breath. Holy Spirit, we thank you for the refining, God. We thank you for the, for the, for the equipping, Lord. But Lord, I just speak right now, Lord, that you would humble us, God. You would bring humility in our walk, Lord. You would give us eyes to see and ears to hear, God. Lord, you would give us strength to endure. Teach us how to walk, how you walk, God. Lord, give us the, the, the response, Jesus, to respond how you would respond in all things. In areas of our weakness, Lord, you would make us strong this morning. Lord, you would make us strong this morning. I break every addiction in the name of Jesus. 
I break the spirit of conformity in the name of Jesus. I break every lie in the name of Jesus, God. I speak to your health in the name of Jesus, to your finances in the name of Jesus, to your marriage in the name of Jesus. Devil, get out right now in Jesus' name. We speak victory, all purpose, and destiny right now. And we all say, amen. Come on, Jesus. Let's, oh, yes. God bless you. We will see you all Thursday night.